Tonight's show is all about gratitude, and I had a great experience this week about the beauty of human nature, which I will share with you a bit later on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where I not only talk the taboo, but also educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. Welcome to the program. Great to be here with you, as always. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving. May you enjoy the bounty of your love with your partners, family, and friends, and plan B's if you have implemented that in your life on this glorious day where we give thanks. Talking the taboo can get me into a little trouble from time to time, and I've certainly gotten myself into a little trouble these past few weeks. I'm going to share some of those stories with you. But the most recent trouble happened this morning. I had a conversation with Jill Bennett about Plan B's this morning on the weekend morning news. No, it's not contraception. And here is how that conversation went. All right, you sent me a link to a story, which I found very interesting, and and the title, uh, first of all, just the idea, but then some of the details as well, and talking about how people are are very much organized and have a plan B. Isn't that great? It's it's half of all married women. Actually, there was a study done in the UK where they surveyed 1,000 women and found that half of them had somebody on standby, effectively, who had always fancied them. They viewed them as a fallback partner just in case their current relationship turned sour. It was interesting, honestly, on Friday, I decided on the subject uh, earlier in the week, but on Friday I had three women in my office who effectively had to uh, men in their lives. One woman was putting a man into the nursing home this uh, today, yesterday, Saturday, and she was taking up with a new songster on Monday, wow. <laughs> um, which is very interesting. Uh, but a lot of women do have somebody else waiting in the wings. Because when I first saw the headline that people have a plan B, I thought, okay, well, that means if things go south, you have a plan that you'll then put into place, uh, which I thought meant trying to find somebody new or or you kind of knew where you were going to take your life. But but having something in the wings, it just seems a bit odd. It's almost as if women are waiting for their relationship to end. And, and if it does, okay, boom, next one, here we go. Absolutely. You know, usually you hear, or I hear anyway, in my clinical practice, and that can be a bit skewed because usually people come with troubles, um, but they'll say, you know, I would never get married again, <laughs> whether they're happily married or not. They don't want another man, no no offense to anybody. But um, So this was a, quite a surprising survey. Um, I agree with you. But it's interesting in who these men were waiting in the wings. They were ex-boyfriends or ex-husbands or a a new friend or just somebody from the gym, some random guy (laughs) or a gym buddy. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit more. We're going to go a little deeper into the Plan Bs and and why that happens. And Well, we actually don't know why that happens, but uh, we need to know why that happens. But uh, right now, apparently it seems that uh, Jim was a little upset with the sex show introduction, and he sent Jill an email, which she forwarded on to me. And here is Jim's email. Dear Jill, your discussion this morning was offensive to women and men alike. To encourage couples to have backup individuals instead of a deeper personal commitment to each other will continue to erode the family unit so vital to the survival of our society. It would be much more helpful to encourage these couples to seek information that would give them the skills to function effectively in their present relationship rather than run headlong into another and another and another. Why any struggling couple would seek the advice of someone like Maureen McGregor 
McGrath is simply beyond comprehension. Why you or CKNW would encourage this kind of selfish personal gratification is equally astounding. As a journalist, your programs will improve the quality of life within your listening area or destroy that which historically makes us a better society. Your discussion with Maureen this morning accomplished the former. You know, Jim, I'm not really even sure if you listened to the entire segment that Jill and I discussed, but I would like to say this. First of all, there's the power in the written word, but I'd like to say that you have not disempowered me because I have power within. In that paragraph, you paragraph, you have sought to take me down to attack the clinical work that I do, and I would like to let you know what I do after I let you know what Jill Bennett does, a veteran reporter and quintessential broadcaster, a true professional. So you have slammed her and slammed me as well. I want you to know that in my clinical practice, sometimes women have never told somebody that they were sexually abused 60 years ago. I am often the first. I work in the downtown east side. I work with 99% of the men that are thrown in jail overnight due to addiction, due to sexual issues, due to poverty. I work in North Vancouver. I work in a number of industries. I work with Eva BC, Ending Violence Association. I am trying to make the world a better place, one patient at a time. I am simply offended, number one, at what appears to me or sounds to me like these conservative values, values, the fire and brimstone evangelists who preach against homosexuality and other such things we judge people in society, only to be found later with men in bathhouses. Let me just give you a few highlights on families and living arrangements in Canada from the Census Bureau of Canada, from Statistics Canada. We have about 10 million families living in Canada, and the lone parent families increased 8% between the years 2006 and 2011. The growth was higher for male lone parent families. That went up 16.2% back then. I imagine it's gone up a heck of a lot more since. About 8 in 10, eight in 10 lone parent families were female. So there are a lot of single parents raising children here. We don't have the two parents, the two kids, and the two cars. I'm sorry, but that is not the fabric of the Canadian family or what makes up this society. The number of same-sex married couples nearly tripled between 2006 and 2011. This reflected a first five-year period for which same-sex marriage has been legal across the country. I imagine this number has increased as well. Jim, our society is changing and what the family in Canada looks like has changed significantly and when we judge and put placement judge and put shrouded uh, people in shame with comments like yours all we do is make people sick quite frankly we are never going to be able to fix a problem and and I take part of your email as feedback because feedback is a gift we're never going to be able to fix the problem until we know what the problem is and that's any problem in life and so although I do thank you for your email I will not apologize for any of the work that I do or for my efforts in making this world a better place choosing to attack me and my female colleague and everything about us from my clinical practice where I've gone above and beyond the call of duty, worked nights, worked overnight on sexual health emergencies, advising and consulting with people who've put something in their rectum and are scared to death because they're on the way to the operating room, to people who have been sexually assaulted and sexually abused, sat there holding their hand, holding them in my arms and crying with them. I'm sorry. This week alone, I got the gift of flowers from three grateful patients. I do not need affirmation. I don't want that. I feel badly when people do that. But let me tell you, how dare you judge me? 
when Jill Bennett and I are doing great work. Jill does a tremendous job on the weekend morning news, and it's emails like yours that make this world a tougher place to live in, and it's attitudes like that where we all fall, succumb, and we become ill when we are shrouded in shame for being human. I'm not sorry for my banter with Jill. It raises an issue, a very important issue about women, because we haven't been studying women until the last five or ten years, and the research supports this. But thankfully, I am one of the self-actualized 10% in this world, and I do thank you for the feedback that you gave me. So, therefore, a little bit later in the program, we're still going to delve into the Plan B and hear from a woman who implemented Plan B in her life and the reasons why, and some of that may surprise you. I also welcome you, Jim, to phone me anytime, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. But first, before that, because I have listened to your feedback, some anti-aphrodisiacs for young couples with more than themselves in their bed. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. (laughs) <laughs> I heard that song in the car when I was coming back from Surrey yesterday, When I another place that I'm probably banned from after I gave a speech at the Girl Global Power uh, event that was held out there. Uh, Cal Doshand was there and Harpreet Singh and, of course, Lucky and Navi Gill are the co-founders of Global Girl Power. But uh, I got up there like a bit of a fire and brimstone feminist and uh, was telling the women to... Uh, make their own way in life, make their own money, never depend on a man for finances or anything else, and learn to say no. And you could see the men were, men were getting visibly uncomfortable. The women were giving me a round of applause. Uh, anyway, and the cane came out then after I uh, started um, say, talking about some of the realities about getting an education and, uh, and take, learning to take care of themselves and never rely on somebody else or for your happiness. Anyway, I have Becky on the line. Hello, Becky. Hi, Maureen. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Good. I don't have any questions for tonight. No sex questions, Becky, huh? (laughs) No, not for tonight. But I'm just going to say that I really love your show. It's amazing. It's very educational and fun. Uh, The reason why I'm calling... Well, you're welcome. But the reason why I'm calling, I was just listening to you uh, talking about the email that you received. And uh, I really hope Jimmy's listening tonight uh, because, yeah, clearly he's lacking some insight. And, yeah, I really, I really wish, I really hope he's listening to this. Well, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, we can only inform. We can never change anybody else, yes, right? That is true. Yeah, exactly. Just have confidence in our beliefs. Well, thank you so much, Becky, for your support. You're very welcome. Yes, I love your show. Oh, thanks so Keep much. Good work. Oh, that's great. Uh, it just reminded me, uh, I asked Cal DeSange to come on the show. He's running for political office out in Surrey. And I said, hey, Cal, you know, you might as well come on. I have the female politicians on, and I, I should have the male men on as well and tell me what that's like. And he said, are you going to tear a strip off me, Maureen? Anyway, I'm not that bad. Um, a few years ago, I was part of a panel that gave a five-minute roast. I Well, I gave a five-minute my part was a five-minute roast to an outgoing mayor. Now, let me tell you about this roast. I compared this outgoing mayor to Jackie Onassis, uh, who said there are two kinds of women, those who want power in the world and those who want power in bed. Uh, and also, I compared her to Audrey Hepburn, another one of uh, women I admire, and uh, she, who said there's more to sex appeal than just measurements. I don't need a bedroom to prove my womanliness. I can convey just as much sex appeal picking apples off a tree or standing in the rain. And that was Audrey Hepburn said this. But my message to this woman was uh, one of power and sex appeal, that she was a powerful woman, but she was also very sexy. 
And so then after that, I didn't have much time. I brought out the costumes and the health aids, the sex toys to shake up anyone's love life. And um, the idea was, or the gist was that this outgoing mayor would have all the time in the world now to reconnect with her husband. Well, after the uh, program, a lawyer approached me. And he comes up and he says to me, you know, you, you've got to have, uh, you've got to do house calls. Um, I mean, I, I had no idea he was a lawyer at the time, quite honestly. I learned that a bit later um, because I'd heard he played hockey with a friend of mine. But anyway, nonetheless, I digress. Um, so he said to me, you know, you need to make house calls. You need to have a website. You need to have a website that's called Back to the Bedroom. And it needs to be, um, you know, it me- needs to mean for those who want to get back to the bedroom, those who've turned their back on the bedroom, and those who want to do better in the bedroom. Anyway, so he registered the domain for me that night, which was really nice, and I am forever grateful to him. But then he told me his problem. He had three children, and the children were in the marital bed, and he said his wife wouldn't... um, his wife insisted that they stay in there, and therefore he had not had sex since the last child was born, which was a few had been a few years. Um, anyway, he had great sense of humor, and he was fantastic, and he did that, and then I never saw him again. And um, I asked a friend of mine, a friend of mine told me he played hockey with him, and I said, oh, listen, I'd like you to thank him for me. You know, tell him that I've been using Back to the Bedroom on Twitter. That's my Twitter handle, at Back, the number two, the bedroom. My website is Back to the Bedroom. And, uh, you know, and I've really capitalized on it, if you will, and it, it's been fantastic, and I, I really wanted to get that to him. It was a, a year or two later. And my friend said, no, no, you don't want to say that to him. He's a lawyer. And I said, well, so what? I don't care. He said, well, you know, if, if he thinks you've made money off of it, he'll sue you and he'll want half of the money. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Fair is fair. And uh, if he deserves half of the money, if that's what he wants, but I really want to thank the guy. But nobody would let me near him. Anyway, I run into him on Pender and Burrard one day and uh, – down near where I work uh, occasionally, and uh, I said, and there he was, and I said, uh, I'm so glad I've run into you. You know, I want to thank you so much for um, suggesting the back to the bedroom, and also, you know, I how's your how are, how are your troubles these days anyway? <laughs> Need a house call? Um, but uh, and he said, you know, I'm so happy for you that it worked out. He said, no, I, you know, I said people were tell, suggesting I not. They wouldn't let me get in touch with you because, or give me your contact information because they were afraid you were going to sue me. He said, no, I don't want your money. I'm just happy it worked out. That's fantastic. And he, he was delightful. And, you know, it was, it was great. Um, you know, I, anyway, nonetheless, uh, that leads to the next subject, which is that these, obviously, this is a young guy and he had a bunch of kids and um, he had, was busy. He was um, a lawyer and worked full time. He uh, I don't want to tell you anything else about him because I don't want to uh, give away uh, who he uh, might be because we do try – I maintain confidentiality here on the program. Um, but it reminded me of how, um, you know, the the sex and the sexiness and the, and the romance and the passion, how quickly it can leave a relationship uh, once the children enter the relationship. And there are so many um, – uh, parents, or in particular moms, who, you know, once the kids are born, they lose their sexy, they and they don't know how to get it back, and they actually do some anti-aphrodisiacs, if you will, and, and one of them is allowing the children or the babies right off the bat into the marital bed, and that can be a big mistake. You know, good sex is important. It improves sleep. It provides a total body release. It strengthens your marriage and your relationship. And it makes us better people. It makes us better moms and makes us better all around, especially if you are uh, working It makes you and and trying to manage uh, the kids as well. 
Um, but it's really important to be a good mother. And, and I think sex has a lot to do with that. Um, but, but if it's so great for us, why does it keep falling off of our to-do list? We're exhausted. We do too much. We take on too much. We never say no. We're so sleep deprived that just opening the eyes is an act of willpower. I mean, people I know have shared stories about, you know, getting the cupcakes into the school and like pretending that they baked them and took them out of the oven by buying cupcakes and then smashing them up a little bit, making them look um, like they had baked them. We have this high standard for ourselves and, and women who are not working judge women who are working, moms who are not working judge those who are not. Anyway, um, so what are some of the things we can do? And this is, uh, you know, in response to Jim's email. Uh, Jim, give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9899 on your cell if you dare. Um, first of all, uh, one of the other biggest mistakes, aside from bringing those kids and those babies into your bed, is you talk nonstop about the kids. That's all you talk about, how full the diaper was. That's a sexy subject. Diapers are the least sexiest things you can ever talk about. You know, you want to have vibrant conversations with your partner, your husband, your wife, um, that are like a, a form of foreplay. You know, sext back and forth to each other or, or even text back and forth, cute little messages, um, which is really nice so that your husband doesn't do that with other people, with other women, um, because that's what they're going to do because men are actually biologically different in, in terms of sexual health than, than women are. And, and as I say, if they're not getting it at home, they're going to get it somewhere else. Um, another anti-aphrodisiac is just waiting for the mood to strike. There's honestly very little spontaneous sex. We are planning it all the time. That may happen every once in a while, but really you need to learn to cultivate a sense of sexiness for yourself and really feel good about yourself. If you've got some extra weight on you, take that weight off. Put yourself ahead of the children. It's going to be a whole lot better. Don't just reserve foreplay for before the main event, which you're just doing out of obligatory uh, purpose. Um, you know, have that foreplay go on all day long in different ways. Uh, playful emails, as I said, leaving love notes in each other's lunch bags or um, just kissing for 20 seconds, 30 seconds as the, the other person leaves for work, for example. A, a lot of men are staying at home looking after the, the babies today, and that can... You know, that it can make, you've got to be a really confident guy in order to do that um, and thoroughly enjoy that as well. Sometimes being at home with the kids can be boring and it can be nothing more boring. And it's also the most difficult job. Getting out with adults is much more exciting. Anyway, the other thing is people never get babysitters and they're like, I'm so proud. I've never had a babysitter in my life. They look a wreck. They're exhausted. They're depressed. Um, you know, you really, it's one of the best gifts that you can give and one of the best money you can spend is to get a babysitter. Go out, walk around the block, go for a hot chocolate, go for a drink. It, you don't have to go out all night long. Go until the kids go to bed, drive around the neighborhood and then come back only come back once the lights are out in those children's rooms and then wait 30 minutes just to make sure they've fallen asleep. Um, but, you know, you've got to find time, find time, find time for yourself. I have to do the same. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, um, there is a uh, recipe for fatigue, resentment, and boredom, and none of that will actually perk up your sex life. So, you know, take time for yourself. Go out with your girlfriends. Go to an event. Uh, go out for dinner with some friends or even if there's an event at work. Take, you know, don't say I've got to stay home for the kids. And certainly, although my website is www.backtothebedroom.ca, and there's lots of reasons for that, as you know, that I learned from that lawyer, uh, re do not reserve intimacy only for your bedroom. Uh, that way, that two-and-a-half-foot-long human propeller who constantly jumps into your bed can become a wedge that may prevent... Uh, intimacy in your marriage. So 
If you've got kids in your bed and they won't get out, just get out of your bedroom and go somewhere else and find some other romantic place for a rendezvous. When I come back, I'm going to talk to a woman who, in fact, implemented Plan B when things weren't going well. And I'm interested to find out why she had a Plan B. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Such a great song by Sam Smith, I Am Not the Only One. And as it turns out, you may not be the only one. Half of women have a fallback partner on standby who has always fancied them in case their current relationship turns sour. This, out of a survey of a 1,000 women, that's a decent amount of women for a survey, out of the UK. If this is what got me into a little trouble... This morning, and I I wasn't sure exactly which part was, but I think it might have been this, where Jill Bennett and I on the Jill Bennett show, and she interviewed me, um, and I were kind of making light of implementing Plan B, and here's how that went. Can't you imagine telling someone that, though? How flattering. Hey, just so you know, if things in my marriage ever don't work out, I'm coming knocking on your door. You are my plan B. <laughs> yeah, you didn't come in I first. I want nothing to do with you right now, but right. if opportunity knocks. And I don't care about your wife either. <laughs> I'm coming in, baby. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes, we were making light of it, and maybe some people were offended by that, but, you know, you want to role play. I like to role play in my in my field. But, um, you know, there's a lot to this research study. Um you know, it's just it. We always think of men as cheating, and you know what? Men do cheat. Men cheat for a lot of reasons. They cheat because they're bored. They cheat because they're not getting sex. They cheat because they're just they feel like it. Uh, they're very different biologically. Um, uh, furthermore, to this study, around one in ten women said their Plan B had already confessed his undying love, while one in five said they were confident the plan B guy would drop everything for her if she asked him to. I wonder if he was married, if he would do that. But it turns out these are generally ex-boyfriends, ex-husbands, or some random guy from the gym. And, you know, you can see that happening, especially if uh, a couple, uh, the male part of the couple is working or whoever's working in the couple. Maybe it's a stay-at-home guy, uh, stay-at-home father. But, um, you know, so you can see you, get, you have things in common and you start talking and you think there's an attraction. And we're not just attracted to one person um, all across the reproductive life cycle. You know, it, it's normal to be attracted to many people. But this idea that women have somebody in the background also is concerning to somebody like me, a feminist like myself, a feminine feminist, as I like to say, as I said at the Global Girl Power, be all girl, all woman, all day. Um, so I'm I'm quite comfortable with my sexuality and my femininity, and I think you should be too. Being a girl or being a woman is absolutely fine. Um, but, but the fact that around one in four women who have a backup plan have feelings as strong for him as they do for their other half is, is concerning as well. But the thing that I'm concerned about, what concerns me most, is uh, do women think they can't make it on their own? Are we socializing women to think that they have to rely on a man, that they need a man to support them financially or emotionally, 
Um, certainly not physically, because I, I don't know, from my, from my world, I don't think that's, um, you know, women are very different when they approach uh, intimacy in relationships. Um, one in five said they were able to joke about it, but one in three said their man was uncomfortable discussing this plan B. So this is something that they are talking about. The other concern I have is why are women having a plan B. Why do women implement plan B? What's the need? What's the problem? There must be a problem in relationships, in marriages in particular, in this one, uh, in this study, that there must be problems in marriages. Is it that the men are angry? Is it that the men are cheating? Is it that the men are mean? Is it that the men are controlling? Do they control the finances? There's lots of different ways of abuse. Half of the women who are sexually or physically abused are under the age of 16. That sets women up for victimhood for the rest of their lives and also anxiety disorder. Anyway, right now to discuss this, I have Daljeet on the line, and she has so graciously offered to tell me and share with me and you her story about her plan B and why she had to implement this. Hello, Daljeet. Hello, Maureen. How are you? I'm great. Yesterday I saw you and you were in my community and you were amazing. Oh, that's so nice of you to say. (laughs) So many women are so inspired by you and we love your message and we love the way that you talk about violence against women this helps us very much and we don't talk about these things in our community so i want to thank you for this oh that is so lovely of you to say i think it's in it's in every community it's in every culture and i as i said yesterday i learned yesterday that i have zero tolerance very low tolerance for violence i wasn't raised with violence and so that's why when it happened to me in the workplace twice i i really uh you know had to deal with it i had to and then i promised myself that i would uh I would stand up and um, and be a voice for less for the marginalized, for the more marginalized and less fortunate pe- women than myself. So thank you so much for ser- sharing your story. And also, you look very beautiful. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. All women are beautiful, you know, and and uh, it's it's what's inside of a woman uh, that really shows her beauty. As Audrey Hepburn said, the the happiest women are the prettiest women. And I, and I concur. And there's also a study, I'm going to talk about it next week, a study about how niceness uh, makes people more attractive. Anyway, so that'll be interesting to talk about. Yes, yeah, speaking about the niceness, um, a long time ago, I in my temple, I met a very nice man. And my husband is, uh, he's not mean to me, but he's very cold sometimes. And he traveled a lot. And I found out that he have, I think, some sort of relationship with other women. And so... This man in my temple and I, we met from a long way because we don't actually sit together in the temple. And we really like each other. And he's married and he has children and he has a very nice wife. And so just little by little, we start to get to know each other a little bit, different community events and weddings. And yes, sometimes that turned into something a little bit more between us. And, and was he your plan B? Did you think if if this doesn't work out with my cold husband who travels a lot and has mistresses, uh, I I think I'll take up with this plan B? Yes, we already made a plan for that because his wife is she's a very nice lady, but he's a little bit bored. They have three children, and um, recently they have one, and so I think they are not very close to each other in that way, and she is not very interested in him, so. I was very interested in him, and this made him feel very good about himself. And this so, is this sexually? Are you talking intimacy? Yes. 
And so but, his his wife wasn't interested in him sexually. And do you trust that? Do you trust that? Do you trust that he's telling the truth? Because often men will say, you know, my wife is this, she's that. And I and I hear women, you're so lovely about her. You're actually saying she's a very nice person. But sometimes new wives will say, oh, his ex-wife was awful. And I think, well, I bet if you met his ex-wife, you would like her. But I don't think he said that they don't have sex, but they did. But not the same as when they were first together. And that's pretty common. Yes. Yes. That's not an so, uncommon thing. So you purposefully had him in the back of your mind in case this current relationship didn't work out. Yes. But Go ahead. I like but I like to think that I want to be maybe alone sometime too and I want to be strong and I want to be on my own. Maybe I don't want to have a man. But sometimes when I think about him, he is like my plan B. I see. And so do you work outside of the home? Are you are you able to make your own money? I want to start that. Yes, I did before I went to university and I have a master's degree, but my husband didn't want me to work. He wanted me to stay home with the children. And how, and how old are your children now? They are actually almost in their teenage years. I see. And so they, they probably don't need you at home as much as they did when you were younger. I don't think so. No, okay. So have you actually implemented your plan B or you're planning to do so? We have just shared some very good time together, some very close time, but nobody knows about that. Okay, and I promise not to tell anybody. <laughs> Except everybody in Vancouver. <laughs> Except everybody listening to this show. <laughs> that's okay. But that's okay. I will never disclose who you are. <laughs> it's all private and confidential. I'm a nurse. <laughs> mm. I'm a registered nurse. I am bound by the college and okay. professionalism. But thank you so much for sharing your story. And it's great just, you know, to hear from a regular person, a beautiful woman we met yesterday, and um, uh, that this does occur and some of the reasons why it might happen. Thank you so much, Daljeet. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, anyway, great to hear from Daljeet. And so if you actually have a plan B, I'd love to hear from you as well. But uh, I'm going to go for a break right now. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about that human nature and uh, how how some people can be, be just so wonderful and the, the Pied Piper in my neighborhood and also why I'm grateful for this Thanksgiving Day. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. The doctor is back. You know, I was sitting at the airport and another radio station was on, not CKNW, and they were doing a survey on things you would give up over cake. Cake. Apparently, according to this other radio station and this survey, 49% of the men said they would give up sex for the rest of their lives over cake. Who are these men? Where are they? What radio station was that? Would you give up sex for cake for the rest of your lives, gentlemen? I don't buy it because I am a bit of a private investigator at heart, always trying to figure this stuff out. And so together, let's figure out sex, love, relationships on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Here I am back. I'm Maureen McGrath. I'm your host. And uh, so we were talking about having two men or having one man plan Man A and Plan B. And in my office this week, I had a beautiful 87-year-old woman. She looked 20 years younger. She was well-dressed, mother of six, a widow. And she had two men in her life. One was seven years younger. And she was packing him off to the nursing home this weekend. But fear not, she had picked up with another songsta and was just starting a new relationship on Monday. 
having uh, Thanksgiving dinner with him. She, and then she said to me, um, she said, oh, you know what he said to me? He told me, he said, I'm impotent. And I said, I can help him with that. <laughs> she said, you can? I said, yes, I can. There is a multitude of options, uh, treatment options and choices for him. So bring him on in. And uh, she, so she's going to do that. So there we go. If I get an 87 and a 90-year-old having sex, I think I will, uh, that'll be a Guinness, in the Guinness Book of World Records. Anyway, we're going to check that one out. Um, Chad, who's the technical producer of this program, speaking of gadgets and uh, world records, and uh, anyway, couldn't do it without him. So thank you so much, Mr. Chad Bruhog, for producing this show. It's always great. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I also had another patient, and she said, these were all these patients who came in with two men, and, and she said she had a man for 25 years, but she gave him up because he wanted to buy a truck. And she said, can you believe it? And I'm like, well, yes. I mean, I think men buy trucks. And, and uh, so <laughs> I really thought her standards were pretty high. And, uh, and then she said he was a gardener. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, he probably really needed a truck. Anyways, it turned out he had no money and he, he didn't necessarily, didn't have the whole story, didn't necessarily need another truck and had no money. And so she was tired of that. But she had Plan B from 25 years ago. Um, anyway, so this is alive and well. This does happen. Um, <clears throat> anyway, but we'll try and prevent that here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show and everybody keep their pants up and uh, only take them down with the right people. Anyhow, <clears throat> um, I am very grateful this week to have my puppy back, uh, who not only escaped and was promptly hit by a car, no worse for wear. I saw her get hit. She just bounced it right off. She ran away, and then she was gone for four hours. But my faith in humankind has been restored, or is that children who teach us so much? I was walking around uh, trying to find my dog on a night where I was meant to be writing a report uh, on a project that I had uh, worked on for two years, and the, the report was due the next day. And so needless to say, this kind of uh, set me asunder. But I met Cameron, and he was about 11 years old, and he was at the skate park. And I said to him, you know, have you seen a dog around? And he said, he was British. And here, I, don't, I wish the hair were here because he appreciates my accents. And he said, well, yes, I did. I saw a dog. He, he, I thought he was a stray. He had a hot pink collar on. Now, may I ask you what dogs that are strays have hot pink collars on? But anyway, and then he said to me, um, I want to help you find your dog. I am finished at the skate park, and I have my scooter. I'm going to run around, and I'm going to find your dog. And he searched, and he searched. I gave his mother my card, my hot pink card, that said I was the host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, trying to cross out the word sex. Anyway, and I uh, gave her my phone number on there. And later I got a call from Cameron saying that he was wondering if I had, in fact, found my dog and pleased to call him back. But what Cameron had done was he had uh, he gathered the troops, there were there were, from there was no there was nobody in sight when I first lost my dog except for the fellow who drove away after he hit the dog, um, and then all of a sudden Cameron managed to get about thirty five people looking for my dog, and so I was able to actually go home with tremendous guilt because I'm Catholic and um, start writing my report and my justification because we justify everything as Catholics as well was that somebody had to be at home in case the dog returned as I had these thirty five veritable strangers out there that I didn't know any of them looking 
for, I think I had knew one person, looking for my dog. And so, anyway, eventually my dog was found about four hours later. But I was feeling tremendously guilty when a Persian friend of mine phoned and she said, I told her that I'd lost the dog and I was feeling so guilty. I was at home writing this report, but it had to be done. I could not miss this deadline. And she said, why do you feel guilty? Tell me about that guilt. And I said, well, you know, we as Catholics were taught to look at, do a self-inventory and we're always being punished. And so I had to think, what have I done wrong lately that I'm being punished, that my dog has been uh, taken from me uh, and um, ne- never to be seen again. It's a puppy. She's a year old. And um, and she said, wow, that is just so weird. She just couldn't believe it. But I was thinking, well, maybe I had bad thoughts about this and because bad thoughts are, are really not good um, in the Catholic faith. So <clears throat> anyway, in the end, I don't actually think I did anything wrong because the dog was returned uh, complete with her hot pink collar. Uh, so that was all well and good. Uh, something else I'm grateful for, I'm grateful to have met a consummate sportscaster, and I will miss him very much. For a long time, Brooke Ward and I would do a postmortem on my show after, after, as he prepped for his. His sense of humor, his keen wit, ability to eject one funny thing after another out of his mouth and keep me laughing was unsurpassed by anybody I'd, never, I'd ever met. We shared stories about the weird things that happened to us as broadcasters, and I use this term loosely for me, not for him. In a word, our weekly exchange was a, a refractory period for me until the next week for the Sunday Night Sex Show, and hopefully a little foreplay for his incredible depiction of sports in this fine city. I, as I am sure you will, miss Brooke Ward, the consummate sports broadcaster. But all is not lost, for I have made another forever friend, and for that I am grateful. Brooke will still be announcing sports here at CKNW, which is fantastic, and I also look forward to his next great thing. So thanks so much. Um, I are not sure if we're going out for a break. Are we going out for a break, or are we going right to the end? <laughs> anyway. Uh, We're going right to the end. Okay. Um, Anyway, so there we are. There we have it. Next week on the program, uh, and I'm talking to you, Jim. Jim, who sent me that email. Jim, who decides that the power of the written word is the way that he's going to bring somebody down. Anyhow, um, Jim, all is not lost for boomers, okay? There's good news ahead for your relationship, if you have one, and I bet you have a plan B as well. Anyway, and also a sex life, if you work at it. Dr. Peggy Klein, Platts of the University of Ottawa, has studied this, and she is going to join me. So actually, boomers can have great sex. Once the kids leave the bed at about, you know, age 18 and head off to university, then, uh, you know, if you work at it, you can actually enjoy sex. And look at that 87-year-old patient of mine. Everybody's always asking me when sex stops. 35, 40, 50, 70, 80, it never stops. I'm here to tell you it never does. And if it does, listen to the show. Anyway, also beauty. (laughs) I like to talk about beauty. And we have some beautiful people here. Um, but inner beauty, outer beauty, and what does teamwork, productivity, and niceness have to do with beauty? Dr. Shella Ibrahim of Afterglow, a Medispa, paints a picture of beauty for us next week. I want to tell you that niceness gets me into trouble, so it doesn't actually <laughs> work for me. And that, you know, when you're nice to people, they can often take advantage of that, and that certainly happens to me. Um, are you raising kids that aren't yours and you don't even know about it? I had a patient who had gone overseas in the military for seven months only to return from duty to find his five-month pregnant wife. 
he could do math, okay? Uh, he, did the, he did the math. Paternity rates, and that means who is the father? Paternity rates are high. 10% of fathers should not be called daddy. I'm not apologizing for telling it like it is. Jim and anyone else out there, the truth is vital. It's really important. And I like to talk the taboo, but I also like the truth. And I really am not, some, I am somebody who can read between the lines. So don't try to pull it over on me. Anyway, uh, of course, uh, let's stop uh hitting women. Let's stop killing women. And uh, that's my big message here this week. Uh, Be nice. If you're getting upset, just go for a walk. Uh, So, you know, violence against women has got to end. And that was certainly the big message there in Surrey yesterday at the Global Girl Power event. Navi Gill, who's the co-founder of that or the founder of that organization, is going to be joining me and sharing her beautiful story as well in the upcoming weeks. Of course, I have lots of uh, events coming up that I'm excited to be talking about, talking about sex. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to have it, okay? And somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I'll do it. You have it. Whatever. We'll all be having fun. Anyway, uh, talking at the University of UNBCO. Uh, that's going to be happening on November 15th. And I'm also going to be at the Toronto Women's Health and Wellness Show. That's going to be happening on November 8th. I am going to be somewhere on November, uh, let's see, October in Winnipeg talking sex. I'm also talking sex to some healthcare professionals. Um, interesting, there was a study as well I saw today that, uh, did you know that something like doctors, uh, it's like 25% of physicians have addiction problems and 20, 15 to 20% of lawyers. So I figure if a doctor takes off the wrong limb and you get a drunk lawyer who is actually going to defend you or him, I mean, you're hooped. Anyway, you can always go to my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. Follow me on Twitter, at back2thebedroom. Feel free to book an appointment at my clinic, at Crossroads Clinic on Camby and Broadway. For any of your sexual health or relationship problems, I'm there to help. Remember, crying releases the pain, and uh, you can't deal with a problem unless you know what the problem is. I am Maureen McGrath. Until next week, have a very sexually healthy week. You've been listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.